the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. We're so glad that you're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Hey guys, good morning. Happy Monday. Yeah, top of the morning to you. Can you believe February is this week? It is. Oh, Last time I checked, wow. it's coming up on Wednesday. Right? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see tomorrow if it's still scheduled for Wednesday. Uh, today is the Feast of Blessed Mary <laughs> Angela Trescott. Tres- Come on now. Trakaska. I Yay. said it right three times this morning. I didn't get it right that time. <laughs> Should have heard her practicing. Well, it's Monday. <laughs> so let's begin with prayer this morning. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, grant us, Lord our God, that we may honor you with all our mind and love everyone in truth of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Blessed Mary Angela Trakoski. Yep. Just say Mary Angela. I know. Our parents didn't Blessed even use Mary her last Angela, name. Pray for they us. just called her Mary Angela. They never called her by her last name. In fact, they may have called her T-Girl. Unless they were mad at her. I don't think they did, but anyway. Well, Come, yeah, on, Mary Angela. Angela. Huh? Come on, Mary Angela. Come on, Mary Angela. Polish names always mess people up. Yeah. Oh, yes, they do. Oh, my goodness. And Franciscan Media State of the Day. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we have a great show for you today, starting off with some events in our listening area. We will give you details about in eight minutes. Stay with us. In 18 minutes, Dr. Raynell Houston joins us. She is the superintendent of Catholic schools for the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And we're talking about Catholic Schools Week. So if you went to Mass yesterday, you probably saw some kids in their uniform uh, celebrating Catholic schools, kicking it off. I know that we did. So looking forward to a great week celebrating Catholic education. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He is the co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And every Monday, he joins us to talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. So it's a fun conversation with Alan. Definitely, you want to listen to this one. That'll be in 35 minutes. And in 48 minutes, Deacon Bob Evans joins us to talk about his book, Understanding St. Paul, A Conscious Guide to His Theology, His Letters, A Concise Guide to His Theology, His Letters, and His life. So looking forward to a great conversation with some wonderful guests today. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. And are you glad that the rain is gone? Well, My Lord. Gone? That's what I want to know. <laughs> now I know what Noah felt like right. when he was on You guys ARC. got it bad. Oh, Baton Rouge was bad. flooded. New Orleans hardly got anything. Gulf Coast seemed to be okay. Yeah. Oh, Baton Rouge was terrible. But yes. it's over with. The, mm. the waters are starting to subside, though there are some areas where you got to be careful because mm. uh, the river stages haven't crested yet in some areas. 
Outside of that, it's going to be mostly cloudy today. Maybe a stray shower here and there lingering from that front that came through, but it should be out of the way by noon. On top of that, we're going to have cloudy skies all the way through Wednesday. Uh, it's going to kind of keep the temperatures in check. High today, 72, low 60. Uh, for Tuesday and Wednesday, it's going to be in the 60s for the high and the 50s for the low. So not a whole lot of fluctuation mm-hmm. there. In and around the area, uh, Covington at 66. Gulfport is 65. Over in Homa Thibodeau, 67. And in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, it's 68 degrees. So uh, hopefully everyone survives. It didn't have any major water issues, and I'm just glad that hap- uh, that's out of the way. But Thursday, we're supposed to get some more, so plan ahead. Mm-hmm. On Groundhog's Day, it's going to be wet. There you go. Yeah, maybe. Oh. You see your shadow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, in the meantime, we're going to see if we can see Alicia's shadow here on Wake Up. <coughs> Good Monday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 5. Jesus and his disciples came to the other side of the sea, to the territory of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, at once a man from the tombs who had an unclean spirit met him. The man had been dwelling among the tombs, and no one could restrain him any longer, even with a chain. In fact, he had frequently been bound with shackles and chains, but the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles smashed, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the hillsides he was always crying out and bruising himself with stones. Catching sight of Jesus from a distance, he ran up and prostrated himself before him, crying out in a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. He had been saying to him, Unclean spirit, come out of the man. He asked him, What is your name? He replied, Legion is my name. There are many of us and he pleaded earnestly with him not to drive them away from that territory. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there on the hillside, and they pleaded with him, Send us into the swine, let us enter them. And he let them, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine. The herd of about two thousand rushed down a steep bank into the sea where they were drowned. The swine herds ran away and reported the incident in the town and throughout the countryside, and people came out to see what had happened. As they approached Jesus, they caught sight of the man who had been possessed by legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were seized with fear. Those who witnessed the incident explained to them what had happened to the possessed man and to the swine. Then they began to beg him to leave their district. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed pleaded to remain with him. But Jesus would not permit him, but told him instead, Go home to your family and announce to them all that the Lord in his pity has done for you. Then the man went off and began to proclaim in the Decapolis what Jesus had done for him. And all were amazed. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. The great early Christian writers called the fathers of the church have much to say and to share with us regarding today's gospel. They begin by reminding us that demonic influences are not something directly willed by God, but rather permitted as a consequence of sin. Stronger than mere mortals, there is always a danger that we come under their evil influence. Their deceptive message is that we can be like God, making our own rules. But this lie only brings unhappiness and death. Satan will promise anything, but his real motive is to make us his suffering slaves in hell for all eternity. Demonic powers are limited, 
as the gospel demonstrates, devils can easily be conquered by the anointed one. In this way, God uses their humbling defeat to bring forth a greater good. Even when a whole army of demons take up residence in a single person, the Redeemer can transform that human misery into soundness. The power of Jesus is such that the possessed man in today's gospel, who was living among the tombs, which aptly represented that he was in the grip of spiritual death, becomes an evangelist with Jesus' command, go home to your family and announce to them all that the Lord in his pity has done for you. The transformation was amazing. There are two additional points to consider. First, many of us have been enslaved to Satan by mortal sin, only to be rescued by our Savior who mercifully spoke to us through a priest, and I absolve you from your sins. Where would we be were it not for the sacrament of confession? But are we as faithful as this reformed demoniac in proclaiming all that Jesus has done for us? Secondly, we can learn a valuable lesson from the swine who preferred a death of drowning than the abiding presence of demons. Yet, we are often far less wise by flirting with sin and the occasion of sin. Do we truly believe that any suffering is preferable to losing the divine life God offers us? Jesus promised that those faithful to him will receive a hundred times more in this life and eternal life in the age to come. That's the best bargain ever made. True. But how many of us are willing to make it? Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy Sagers, Father Chris Decker, and thank you all for tuning your heart to the truth. Uh, before we get into events this morning, I want to make mention of the passing of Angelo Girolando. Uh, he passed away at the age of 96 on January 24th last week in the comfort of his home. He is the father of Dr. Michael uh, Girolando, a longtime underwriter and supporter of Catholic Community Media. And uh, Dr. Angelo, uh, he was a pillar in the New Orleans community, uh, attended Redemptress High School, went to Loyola uh, for college, and became a doctor in birth, probably a lot of babies, if, if I had to guess, uh, and, and other things. But more importantly, he was instrumental in the Father Francis Silos cause to sainthood oh, yes. in 1965 and 67 wow. he was a member of the excavation team of wow. father silos and oh, in goodness. 2006 he was inducted into the order of silos witness the highest honor according to the national silos shrine yeah. uh, the funeral services and visitation will be tomorrow from 10 a.m to noon at lake lawn metairie funeral home and uh, if you want more information just go to lakelawnmetairie.com and you'll get everything you need to know about the passing of uh, angelo dr angelo girlando well, may rest in peace amen Christ the King on LSU's campus in Baton Rouge is holding their first meeting for RCIA. RCIA is the Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults. So if you are on campus, if you're a student, or if you are a parishioner of Christ the King and are interested in learning more about the Catholic Church and, um, and being prepared to receive the sacraments of initiation, you should attend this first meeting. That's tomorrow night, 
uh, Tuesday, January 31st. It starts at 6.45 p.m. and ends at 8.15, and that will be in the church at Christ the King on LSU's campus in Baton Rouge. Wonderful. Well, Forward and Faith Gala to support Most Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church in Baton Rouge will be held this Saturday, February 4th from 7 to 10 p.m. at the Goodwood Library. Semi-formal attire, there will be a silent and live auction, open bar, hors d'oeuvres, so many other things. To get tickets and more information, you can go to mbsauction.com. There are so many galas and auctions happening this Saturday. I'm sure there's one nearby. Yeah. And within the <laughs> next two attend. weekends, if you love auctions, there you just go. we'll try to list as many as we can for you. Before we wrap up uh, this segment, uh, St. Catherine Siena's men's golf tournament coming up February 3rd. That's right around the corner. It's going to be at the Bayou Oak City Park Golf Course. If you want more information, go to scsbluegold.com. Coming up on Wake Up, we got more. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 30th. Today we celebrate Blessed Mary Angela Turkowska. Today we honor a woman who submitted to God's will throughout her life, a life filled with pain and suffering. Born in 1825 in central Poland and baptized Sophia, she contracted tuberculosis as a young girl. The forced period of convalescence gave her ample time for reflection. Sophia felt called to serve God by working with the poor, including street children and the elderly homeless in Warsaw's slums. In time, her cousin joined her in the work. In 1855, the two women made private vows and consecrated themselves to the Blessed Mother new followers emerged. Within two years, they formed a new congregation, which came to be known as the Felician Sisters. Their numbers grew, so did their work, and so did the pressures on Mother Angela, the new name Sophia took in religious life. Mother Angela served as superior for many years until ill health forced her to resign at the age of 44. She watched the order grow and expand, including missions to the United States among the sons and daughters of Polish immigrants. Mother Angela died in 1899 and was beatified by Pope John Paul II in 1993. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. Thank you so much. You're turning, tuning your heart to the truth this morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and Alicia Quipido. It was so wonderful to see so many women at the wine conference, the Women in the New Evangelization in Baton Rouge on Saturday. So if you came up to the table and said hello, this is a big shout out to you. Or if you're just tuning in to wake up, because I told so many people to tune in this morning, uh, so glad to have you with us today. And we did hand out a few wake up mugs. So we hope that you're drinking coffee with us and waking up in the morning because we're talking about Catholic Schools Week. And you guys, I I mean, I went to Catholic school for elementary, middle, high school. Catholic Schools Week was a big deal. <laughs> and so if you look in the viewfinder, you can see Damien and Alicia drinking coffee. I'm, out I'm of drinking it mug. out of our wake-up <laughs> mug. Yeah, just showing everybody. <laughs> we love Catholic Thank schools, you. too. We love our River Road, our yes, wake-up mugs, do. and Catholic schools. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Dr. Raynell Houston joins us. She is the superintendent of Catholic schools for the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Good morning, Dr. Houston. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. 
Absolutely. What a fun and exciting week it is this week, not only for the, the teachers, but the students, the parents, the principals, the superintendents. Tell us, what does the Archdiocese of New Orleans have planned for Catholic Schools Week? Okay, January is like one of my absolute favorite months of the year because um, we kick off the month when we come back with the Gulf Coast Faith Formation Conference. Then we Mm -hmm. roll right into the March for Life where I get to spend a few days with hundreds of our high school students on a pilgrimage to the March for Life. And then we come back and we wrap up the month with Catholic Schools Week. And this is like the... The, again, the most favorite, my most favorite time of the year. During Catholic Schools Week, we get to celebrate and tell the whole world, you know, how wonderful Catholic schools are, and we get to share with everyone all the great things that are happening in our Catholic schools. This year marks the 49th anniversary of celebrating National Catholic Schools Week in the United States, and CEA started this 49 years ago, and we're happy, so happy to be able to share our light with the world by sharing what happens during Catholic Schools Week. Um, We have (laughs) tons of activities going on this week. Um, As a diocese, we celebrate um, with our Arts and Music Festival, which is held every year at Lakeside during this week. It starts tomorrow. Well, actually, it started today. It starts with art displays today. Starting tomorrow, we'll add performances, live performances. So families, please check your school's website or reach out to your school directly to see if and when they are performing during Catholic Schools Week or if their art is on display so that you can share and support your school community. Um, We just think it's a great time for everyone to have school masses, assemblies, and other fun activities um, for students, families, parishioners, community members, donors, and benefactors to share all and celebrate all that our Catholic schools have to offer. Absolutely. And it's also, uh, when I went to Mass over the weekend, the pastor was saying, it's also a big sacrifice on the parents as well who are putting their children through Catholic school and choosing this option for their children. Yes, it is a huge sacrifice. Um, If y'all have a chance to pick up the Clarion and you haven't read um, this edition, um, the Catholic Schools Week edition is featured in the January 21st uh, edition of the Clarion, Um, the kids talk about in their reflections on what it means to them to be in a Catholic school. They talk about how much they appreciate the sacrifices that their families are making for them to be in their school communities, how grateful they are for it, um, and how they love their school communities and all that it does to enrich their lives spiritually as well as um, academically forming them. Um, This weekend, Mm -hmm. as you know, if you were at Mass, we kicked off um, our Champions for Catholic Education um, second collection. It's an annual second collection instituted by Archbishop Amond uh, that goes to support tuition assistance in our archdiocese. We have many, many families that, you know, it's not exactly within their reach. They can afford Catholic school, but maybe not the whole bill. And so this tuition assistance fund helps us to not only build for the future by going toward uh, our champion's endowment, but also helping in real time, providing tuition assistance for families in the immediate future. Well, New Orleans has some wonderful Catholic schools that are well known, as we know, not only in the state of Louisiana, but in in our country as well. Dr. Raynell Houston, tell us, uh, why should parents choose Catholic schools or consider Catholic schools? Well, I think this year's theme kind of sums it all up. Um, You know, one, our schools are 
centered around our faith, and that is our first and foremost goal, right? We are forming saints. Mm -hmm. We are forming, you know, um, not just students who will perform well here and contribute on earth in their earthly home, but also forming them for faith, and we're forming them for for heaven, for saints, to be saints um, for the life, the next life. We're also focusing on excellence, excellence in everything that we do, and that's evidenced by the achievements that our school communities have have achieved over the last, you know, 300 years that we've been in existence just about. Um, We have excellence in um, academics. We have excellence in sports. We have excellence in our faith. We are are just striving to be the best that we can be, all that God has created us to be. And then the last thing is service. Mm -hmm. Um, Service is one of those those tenets of our faith that we hope our students carry with them for the rest of their lives. And this week in our Catholic Schools Week Mass, when we wrap it up as an archdiocese with Archbishop Amond on Friday, um, we have Mass at Divine Mercy at 11 a.m. We're going to have about 800 kids together representing all of our schools, um, and we will be um, we will be donating in service as a community, as a, as a Catholic school community from the Archdiocese of New Orleans. We will be donating Baskets of Hope. Um, Baskets of Hope is an organization that gives hope to kids and families who've been diagnosed with cancer or other serious or terminal illnesses. Um, our schools each have created a basket that is themed toward a certain age range. Those baskets include toys, games, craft items, stuffed animals, gift cards, and I don't know what else. Uh, but just things that help to nourish the children and their families physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And our hope is that these baskets bring hope to those families and that they think of us when they receive these baskets and that, you know, we will pray for these kids and pray for this, this organization who supports these families so much. Wow. What an exciting week happening over in the Archdiocese during Catholic Schools Week. Dr. Houston, this can also be maybe a stressful time for new parents who are looking for the right school to send their kids. There are so many Catholic schools in the Archdiocese. How does one family go about choosing the right one? Well, I always tell families to start with their parish school, um, and for many families, their parish school is the right place for them. Uh, for those who may not be attached to a parish or who have extenuating circumstances, whether it be um, job and work out of the, the area, the geography, or for example, like me, if, if you have a student with special needs, that might dictate something else. Um, you can always call our office. We'll be happy to help you on our website, NOLA Catholic Schools. We have a listing of all of our schools and where they are. And most importantly, I would say talk to other parents and other families. That is where you're going mm-hmm. to get at the heart of each school community and the charism of each school community. And nothing, there's nothing more important than hearing from another parent um, why they chose that school community for their child mm-hmm. and for their family. And that speaks volumes. Absolutely. We have about two minutes left, Dr. Houston. What does Catholic mm-hmm. schools mean to you and your family? So my faith is the driver behind who I am and who who I have become. Um, I think that Catholic schools are so important because we form not just the student academically, but we form them um, in their hearts and in their minds, right? We are providing a moral compass. We are reinforcing 
the faith that they have been brought up in, and we are um, helping them to learn what it means to live their faith. It's one thing to know your religion and to know your faith, but to be able to apply it and live it every single day makes a huge difference, and that's what we are doing with our students. And research shows that students who go to Catholic school are more likely to be more faithful to their faith community as adults. And so we hope that we are, are doing that, instilling that in our students so that they are one day adults sending their students, their children to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Dr. Raynell Houston, superintendent of the Archdiocese of New Orleans Catholic Schools. We're talking about Catholic Schools Week. Tell us, Dr. Houston, where can we go to find out more information about Archdiocesan, Archdiocesan Catholic Schools? Okay, so if again, if you haven't checked out the this uh, recent edition of the Clarion Herald, please check them out um, online. And also, nolacatholicschools.org is where you'll find our Catholic school information. So please check us out, and um, we look forward to seeing everyone at Lakeside for Catholic Schools Week, uh, Arts and Music Festival. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Raynell Houston, Superintendent of the Archdiocese of New Orleans Catholic Schools. I love talking about Catholic schools. I remember Catholic Schools Week as a young kid. It was a lot of fun, of course. You don't realize the sacrifice your parents make of putting you in Catholic school until you maybe get much older. Right. Um, but I the yeah. best memories are in 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 school in my education yeah. in Catholic schools at Arlea Mercy St. Michael High School in Baton Rouge and and beyond so thank you so much to my parents who are listening for putting me in Catholic mm-hmm. school of course fun week for a lot of kids this week as well teachers right. Alan Migliorato joins us we're going to continue to talk about children teens particular on raising them in today's society stay with us it's half past the hour on wake up Five minutes after the hour, you are tuning your heart to the truth on Catholic Community Radio. I'm Alicia Quibido with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith. It's Monday. You know what that means. It's Alan Migliorato Monday. Alan is the founder of Adventure Catholic Youth Leadership Formation Training. He is the author of The Manly Art of Raising a Daughter and co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, y'all. And I love that I have my own day, even if it's just at this radio station mm-hmm. that nobody else knows about. I just love having my own day. So thank you so much. Well, you know, it wouldn't have worked if it was a Tuesday, Alan, because we wouldn't say Miglerado Tuesday. So, so Miglerado Monday is just fun. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we're always happy to hear it, and it's a good way for us to start our week, uh, getting a little advice on raising Catholic teens from you, Alan. So uh, what's what's up with your youth group this this uh, weekend? You know, not a whole lot. We Last night we just had game night oh, um, and just, in, you know, just enjoyed each other, and I cheated at cards, and it was wonderful, and they got to learn how not to play <laughs> cards with me. So it was great. It was a great time. Nice. That sounds so, great. What I thought we'd talk about, though, is if, if, unless you had a specific topic, was I was talking to Jeff when, when he called me about, you know, what I did this weekend. And I went, I went camping with my wife and, and, my, and my daughters for, for her birthday. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, we were talking about how great it is to get away. And a lot of times, you know, parents especially, 
in the beginning of the year, you know, we, we try to work so hard because we spend all this money at Christmas and, <laughs> you know, we got to get back to the grind. And, and that, yes, we don't need to, to skirt our responsibilities as, as parents. However, there's, there's an element of trust that comes in because this is, I'll give you an example, my slowest time of year for my business, okay. but I'm not going to overly stress about, about that. You know, there's mm-hmm. really nothing that, that, that I can do differently. And so I try to put, you know, take time. And when, when things come up like this, like my wife's birthday, that's important. Yes. That's important to me. Uh, it's important to my family. And so, yeah, I could have stayed at work and I could have worked my fingers to the bone. And then mm-hmm. when I look back on these things, all I remember is that I worked. But now we've got memories, you know, with, with pictures to prove it, that we, went, <laughs> that we went camping for her birthday. And, and you know, we just kind of take that time to rest. It's a little bit slower. Don't mm-hmm. stress. There's really nothing you can do about it. You do your best. And then we take time for our family. And I think that's so important because we, we work so hard as parents, you know, to try to make ends meet and try mm-hmm. to give our, our families the things that we think that, you know, they need. But really, they need our time. Uh, and so that's, yes. that's kind of my tip mm-hmm. today is make sure that you're taking time for your family, even if it's, you know, even if it's something that you don't think that, you know, is the best time to do it or because it's never a good it's like when is a good time to have kids? How much money can you save right. up? before you really have enough money to have kids. And there's there's not an amount that you can write down, you know, or how much money can you save up before, you know, you're ready to get married. I mean, there's absolutely not a number that you can write down where you're like, okay, well, we're safe. You're right, Alan. So we always have to remember as parents, take time and put our family first. And that might mean putting our, our not responsibilities to, mm-hmm. to hold our family and to take care of them, but, you know, not, don't, don't stress is right. what I'm trying to get to. Right. Alan, do you find that that quality time with your family, your children in particular, that sometimes uh, leaving your house uh, helps? You know, when you're, when you're home, uh, for me, when I'm home, I think of the laundry that's always calling to me or the dishwasher that needs to be unloaded. Uh, and, and leaving home really helps me focus on on other things that are really more important. I do. I agree with you. You know, I, I don't know that everybody is like that, but I think, I, well, well, I do. I just don't think anyone wants to admit it. <laughs> right. Because, you know, it's like, well, I could I could stay here and, you know, stay have a staycation. No, no, you can't. Right. Because the minute that, you know, you're checking your email, and stop checking your emails on your phone, you know, yes. and, and I was out, we were out to dinner and watching this family next to us, they're all on the phone oh. at dinner, you know, the oh. entire time. Like, they barely looked up. They got the, like the, the toddler watching a movie on, on an iPad. The dad's checking his email, getting up and walking out and making phone calls. And it's like, why, why oh. do that? Like, if you're going to have time with your family, have time with your family. Mm-hmm. Put everything else yeah. on hold and show your family that they're important to you. And that means, if, if it means leaving the house and getting away from those distractions, then leave, then leave the house. It doesn't have to be an expensive five-star resort. You can go camping like we did. We were, you could go, <clears throat> excuse me, you could go walk around the park, yes. you know, but quit quit going back and, and checking your phone. I think it sends such a horrible message when I see parents okay. on their phones sitting at a dinner table with their kids who are also on their phones. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not as important to me as the person I'm talking to on the other end of this phone. You're right. And I always say, you know, if if in, in business, if there was a business mentor or, or a celebrity that was sitting across from you and somebody texted you, would you even look at your phone? Right. You know, or somebody that you really wanted to get information from or somebody that you really wanted to spend time with. And that might make your kids feel like, well, I'm just not that important. Mm. So, like, put the phones away. And I know it's not a, a harp on the phones day, but, like, that's, a, that's part of getting away from everything is 
get away from everything. You're you know, right. we're so we're so easily accessed today. Like that wasn't the case years ago. You know, driving from from work to home before cell phones, like there was no way to get a hold of you. So you can't text, you can't call, you can't do all this stuff. And there's great things about that too. But oh, for sure. um, you know, we gotta we gotta make time for our families. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know we've talked about this before, but I find that driving in the car. Uh, with our children, particularly one-on-one, is uh, when when I find that they ha- have the most to say because there aren't any other distractions. They're just sitting there uh, facing forward, and then, then the, the stories just start coming out. Yeah, yeah, because they, they have nowhere else to, no one else to tell. <laughs> right, you know? right. It's like, I wish we could get like a little... Like a, an, an anti antenna thing, we can put in our cars where, like, you can't. I push the button and, like, you can't go on the phone. Like, that, I'm going to invent something like that. Yes, yes. You know, we, we have trouble uh, our, with our daughter in particular. She's o- often listening to music. And because she spends a lot of time alone in her apartment um, at college, I think she did, it just isn't aware when other people are around. So we're constantly saying, my husband's always saying, just take one earbud out, Amelia. So when we call you to dinner or whatever, you can hear us. But just constantly, you know, she has music playing. And, um, and we find that we're often saying, you know, flagging her down, saying, please take the earbuds mm-hmm. out so you can have a conversation with us without music playing in the background. I mean, it's good that it's music, but still. Nice to have a break. Well, you can always text her, you know, text her this message. For the love of God, take the earphone out. You know, I wasn't going to admit it, but we've done that. <laughs> you know, we're calling her to dinner, calling her to dinner, and then finally just text her and say, Amelia, take the earbuds out well, and come to dinner. Well, do all those electronic devices over time, have they done a study, Alan, where let's say they're not listening to one or looking at one, but their mind is there. Are they actually listening to us when we have a conversation? Oh, I think so. You know, there are actually a lot of studies out about mm. that. And, and it's one of those things where it's like when, when secondhand smoke studies came out, people mm. didn't want to believe that, that it was actually causing, you know, problems in their respiratory system and cancer and all those mm-hmm. things like that, God forbid. But uh, right. it's, cell phones are one of those things that, that are a major addiction for uh, uh, the majority, I think, of, of the youth right now. Uh, and it's one of those things where they'll never admit that it's an addiction. So oh. to look up those statistics, like, yeah, there's statistics that show even like look using your phone like an hour before bed help, ha, makes makes you have a harder time fall, to fall asleep yeah. and to concentrate on things. And then when you're away from your phone, you're thinking about all the things that you need to be doing on your phone. So, yeah, you're distracted even when your phone's not around. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, like, when we do our Adventure Catholic retreat, there's four days where they don't, they're not on their phones. Mm. I've actually had kids tell me, like, I don't even want to pick up my phone again. Wow. Because it's just it's such great. a distraction, and I, and I, had, I, was, I feel so relaxed. Yeah, and it's, it's not a relaxing retreat. So, like, it's, it's amazing that that it happens. Is. And it's good yes. it's four days because it probably takes 24 hours at least, oh, at to, least. to get it to out detox. of their system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at least, you at know, very least. Yep. And and it's so true about the study about being on the phone before bed. Uh, when my kids were little, one of them had trouble falling asleep, and the first thing the pediatrician asked was if he had a TV in his room, uh, which which he, they don't. But mm. but that 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 uh, constant, I guess, uh, interaction or the lights flashing or whatever really does detract from from their sleep. So playing video games, being on their phone, uh, and or you know, watching TV can take that away from that. Alan, our time goes by so fast on Miglerado Monday, um, but you can check out Alan, find out more information at adventurecatholic.com. It's always a pleasure visiting with you, Alan. Okay, guys. God bless you. Have a great week. 
Thanks so much, you too. Well, stick around. We've got lots more coming your way. A Deacon Bob Evans will join us to talk about his book, Understanding St. Paul. It's 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. Back on Wake Up Monday morning, January 30th. So glad you could join us. Damian Colano along with Alicia Quivido and Gabby Smith. And our guest now is Deacon Bob Evans. He's here to talk about his book, Understanding St. Paul, a concise guide to his theology, his letters, and his life. How you doing, Deacon? Well, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? If I was any better, I'd be in a gumbo. Uh, (laughs) Really? Yes. Uh, As a matter of fact, I had that over the weekend. I guess that's why I was thinking about it. We did, too. Yeah. Yeah, It was a gumbo day. So anyway, but Deacon, let's talk about St. Paul, one of my favorite saints, uh, primarily because of his conversion, uh, but more importantly, Boy, he really loved Christ when he after he converted. There, there. You talk about a soldier for Christ. He was it. You bet. You bet. In fact, what struck me most about him is that how much he understood Jesus' concept of self-giving. Paul really strived to be what others needed at the time when they needed it most. Uh, when they needed a coach, he was a coach. When he was one who admonished, he admonished. When he was one who walked with them in their pains and sorrows, he walked with them. Paul knew how to empty himself and followed that example of Christ marvelously. I think that's one of the most significant aspects of Paul's ministry. You bet. He showed us how to empty yourself for the sake of others. That his letters definitely uh, show that. And what I love about uh, the you know the Bible and the verses, uh, I try to live by a few of them. But boy, life lessons are are in each and every one of his letters. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but to really uh, draw out those lessons. Um, we need to better understand the times in which he was living, how the people of his day understood the world around them, their relationships with one another. And from that, we can then discern, okay, what's the point he's making here? What does that mean in my time? And, and let me give you an example. Chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians is probably the most argued about portions of Paul's letters. In that chapter, he's advising them about the subject of marriage. And in particular, he's saying to them, don't have children, don't get married. And you think, good heavens, how can this be? How can this be Christian teaching? What, yeah. what is Paul talking about? What we need to understand is in the times which he was writing, everyone was under the impression that Jesus is returning any day now, any day now, literally. And so it was irresponsible for them to have more children. It was irresponsible for them to marry and bring into the world children who would never come to know Christ, who would never grow to adulthood. That was their idea of responsible parenting. What we then have to say, well, what is responsible parenting in our time? Mm -hmm. Of course, it's radically different. We have to ensure that our children feel safe, especially in these times. And we have to pay much greater attention to the subject of their education. 
parents are responsible for the child's education, and over the years they've been lulled into um, giving up that responsibility, relinquishing it to others to their dismay. And so the, the lesson in the reading is we are called to responsible parenting. What was seen as responsible parenting in Paul's time is radically different than what is seen in our time. And that's the kind of thought process we need to go through. How did people originally interpret what Paul was saying here? What then does that mean in my time? Does your book do that? Because uh, it does, that that's is the whole purpose of that. That's book. the I, differential I, then in your book. Letters. Yeah, that's yes. the differential in your book versus other books about St. Paul. Yes, that is correct. And I examine each one of his letters, and I look at those portions of of that letter that are either commonly misunderstood or they're argued about or we simply don't get what is the point Paul is making here. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a number of those, and I examine each one of his, his letters. And as you said at the beginning, it is a concise guide. It's not a big tome. It's something that can be read in a few hours and referred back to many times. So I, I labored over making sure it's concise, it's to the point, addresses what people need to know, and then leave it alone. Don't <laughs> blather on. <laughs> what, what was your big takeaway studying St. Paul as you did to put this book together? Uh, actually, my big takeaway is a deeper understanding of the concept of charisms. Um, he spoke of the charisms of the Holy Spirit, and many people today really have little comprehension of what he was talking about. What Paul was saying is he has observed in those who were recently baptized an an animation that was just startling. And he thought, what is it that these people are receiving? What, What is doing this? And what comes out of it is that at our baptism, each one of us receives some special charism, some ability by which we are to carry out our mission in the in the world, whether it's caring for others, whether it's it's through ministry, it's through wisdom, it's through um, the, the ability to interpret uh, circumstances, uh, the 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 charisms that each one of us get, we need to identify just what is it, and how is God calling upon me to use it, and 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 I look at my own case, uh, I I was a an engineer, a project manager. I never taught a thing in my life. Mm-hmm. But in going through diaconate formation, I came to learn that one of my charism is that of teaching. Really? Good heavens. I had no idea that was it. But once you come to understand and say, okay, if this is what the Lord is asking of me, then I have to really take this seriously and do the very best I can at it. And I've been, in a sense, a teacher ever since for the nearly 20 years that I've, I've been a deacon. So uh, I, that's one of the things that I got from studying St. Paul very early on, that you need to be aware of what your charism is and then give it the very best you have. And you may be startled by what the charism that's God given you. Yeah, I'm hoping to be startled because after <laughs> speaking with you and my love for St. Paul, I'm going to use your book uh, for Lent 
where I know it's only three weeks mm-hmm. away. You could start earlier, but I'm going to save it for Lent and really do a lot of reflecting uh, on that. And and I would advise maybe some others to do the same. Where can they go to get your book, Deacon Bob? It is at sophiainstitute.com. That's one word, sophiainstitute.com, Understanding St. Paul. Understanding St. Paul, it, it, yeah. Yep, and it's it's release date, I believe, is the twenty third of February. So, uh, uh, none too soon. <laughs> none too soon. You're right. Uh, in fact, uh, it's it's going to be right at the beginning of Lent. So, uh, yeah. thank you for being with us, uh, Deacon. Well, as always, and, and what a great book, Deacon Bob Evans. Appreciate you being with us on Wake Up this morning. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Have a good. Day. You bet. God bless you. Okay. And I don't think he's related to the Bob Evans restaurants that uh, are throughout no. the Midwest and the South. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, though Gabby, Gabby was dreaming of that uh, when she heard Bob Evans was with us, but we informed her it wasn't the restaurant owner, it was the deacon. So It's uh, a place anyway. to go to. No, I, love, I, I love I'm, a good I'm Bob not, Evans breakfast. They got great breakfast. <laughs> okay, we're going to pray in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, my most powerful Lord, I offer to you this day the person whom I call to mind who is most in need of your redeeming grace. May I never lose hope in your ability to transform their life, to forgive their sins, and to bring them back to you. Use me, dear Lord, to be an instrument of your mercy so that they will come to know you and experience the freedom you desire that they receive. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. In Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.